Happy Thursday! I'm Claudia Balafato alongside my co-host and friend Joe Fan. This is episode 13 of Bet to Win. We are here in Vegas, but you're freshly here in Vegas because you just got off the plane, Joe. Yeah, a little 2 a.m. Pacific time wake-up call, 4 uh, a.m. Central, leaving Memphis to get back here. A great couple of days in Memphis with our our partners, the Memphis Grizzlies. Got to see the home opener. John Morant is sick. Put up 37 last night as they beat the Cavs. Uh, Had some great barbecue. I ate, I mean, just the most ridiculous platter of barbecue. I see you kind of got called out, though. (laughs) Who was it that called you out? I don't know. Did I get called out? Yeah. What did well, I get called out She for? was like, she's like, that's not. Oh, Pam oh, from Yahoo. Pam Maldonado. Yeah, love Pam. Well, she's yeah, sh- but she's she's from Texas, so she's very prideful. That's true. She basically said her... Joe posted a picture, and she's like, that's not real barbecue. Which yeah. on... which one is fighting words in Memphis? I mean, but it didn't really look that appetizing. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want to say it, but those wings looked really dry. I mean, yeah, I it's mean, a dry and for rub. For all the Memphis people, like I'm not hating. I'm you are. You literally <laughs> are hating. Those are fighting words that you just threw out there. Those wings okay. were are, maybe the best wings I've ever had. They were jerk um, dry rub, okay. and they were incredible. And they were like the full wing, which is interesting. Not many people do that anymore. And you are an unbelievable hater, which is why <laughs> you didn't get invited to Memphis, and nor will you ever be welcomed. I know in that's Memphis. brutal. No, Chris Brandon's my guy. They'll have me out there. But that's that's cool. So you got to see a live action game. I also got to see a live action game. Go sports. But I was here. Yeah, you went to a hockey game and left early. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Vegas was losing. I wanted to beat the crowd. Yeah. Whatever. I don't, but I don't, either I'm just way, be honest. I just, I just want to set the table right now. I don't love the attitude you're bringing to this show right now. Like I had, I've had a, an, a long day already. It's we're recording Joe's this aggravated. at 11:30 a.m. Yeah. Had a long morning. Had a layover in Dallas. I've already been in three separate states. And you want to come at me and tell me that the barbecue picture I posted wasn't very appetizing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm coming full speed. I'm a hater today. You are I drank, a hater. I drank the haterade. My bad. My bad. <laughs> You got Monday vibes, and the weekend is right around the corner, so I'm going to need you to figure it out here. I think I'm a sassy because I just don't like the slate for anything. Like, I just looked at basketball. I didn't really love anything in basketball. I hated the football slate. It's, you know, it's just one of those days where I'm like, everything so yeah. and i'm taking it out on you i apologize for sure i mean i don't <laughs> apology not accepted and red socks it's like i was about like, to talk about how amazing this barbecue meal i had was <laughs> and i had ribs and pulled pork and these wings and before i could even describe how good it was you just like cut me down so i'm sorry let's just move so, on because we i'm had, sorry i'm excited to talk hoops today we were we talked a little bit of hoops on monday uh, with our our 75th anniversary props um, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the start of the season here today. Yeah. Basketball is back, baby. Warriors beat the Lakers. Bucks beat the Nets. Celtics lost in overtime, though. Double OT. That was an incredible game at the Garden. Jalen Brown, still a beast. Um, and it's way too early to talk Dennis MVP. Schroeder, much less so. Well, give it time. Uh, it's way too early to talk MVPs. It's way too early to talk um, who's going to win it all. It's way too early to really have any predictions, but that's exactly what we're going to do. That's the whole point. What do you mean? Because that's what us media people do. That's the whole point of the preseason. But we're not going to do it alone because, drumroll please, king of NBA Twitter, Josiah Johnson, joins us. Josiah, what's going on? Nothing much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And everyone, if you don't follow him already, at KingJosiah54. The king of NBA Twitter is quite the title. There's a lot of people on Twitter. So the fact that you stand out this much, the fact that LeBron James is calling you the GOAT, which I'm going to need you to get into. But first, what makes you thrive on Twitter? It's the biggest question. We need some help over here. 
when I was a kid, I used to listen to a lot of Sugar Free, and he used to always say, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And I think that's the thing. I always just am ready for whatever's going on in the world with some memes, with some reaction, with some comedy. Don't really get too much into, like, the heavy NBA debate with, like, the PR and numbers mm. and ratings and all that. I like to have a good time. Keep the mood light. Now, mind you, I can't get into those discussions, but I'd rather <laughs> use my time more constructively than, than arguing with people on Twitter about things pretending that we're GM. So just like to have a good time, keep the mood light, and just keep the conversation flowing. Do you have, like, a ridiculous collection of, like, memes just saved on your computer and, like, sorted into folders of, like, happy <laughs> memes, sad memes, funny memes? Like, you are on it with like, the perfect meme to go with and whatever quick, situation, too. and it's not just mm -hmm. NBA. It's across all sports. But you have those on the tips of your fingers. What's the strategy there? You have to have an incredible uh, encyclopedia for because I, I can't think of a better word right now <laughs> of memes. memes at your disposal. Well, I, I grew up watching a ton of television, so I'm thankful to my parents for that. We had like a, a satellite dish that got channels from all over the world. So I just have this this arsenal and library of content in my head. So as I'm watching things play out in games or going on, and you know what's going on in, in trending in the NBA news or pop culture. I can just refer to this this huge library of content. It's kind of like I could compare myself to being a DJ with just a crate <laughs> full of records. And whenever the moment, I know how to get the club going with that perfect song just to get the party jumping. So yes. that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> I love that. I know where to find content. And that's the thing. I know where like I know where to find things and I know, you know, what people want to see. And I try to make stuff as relatable as possible and just play on the nostalgia element. Obviously, we've all seen things and seen shows and movies and listen to songs that make us feel a certain way. So to bring that nostalgia and those memories back at the right moment at the, the exact perfect time is what I try to thrive. That's dope. Thrive in and really try to get the people going. And you do. You get the people going. He doesn't miss, folks. <laughs> you don't. I mean, you don't miss. I, I, mentioned, Le I mentioned LeBron, which I didn't see this, but I saw on your Twitter someone mentioned that LeBron called you the GOAT. What's the story there? Uh, so I was watching the uh, Nets-Bucks game. Or no, who was it? It was the Nets game. I don't think it was the Bucks, but Nets game. Bruce Brown had uh, shot a floater, put up a funny tweet. Uh, next thing I know, I'm looking at my phone and I get the alert, and it looks like LeBron's account has got the blue check. It's his handle. I'm like, oh, wait, this is actually LeBron James. So we end up going back and forth, and then obviously he calls me the GOAT. And I'll just say this LeBron is very selective in who he ordained as a GOAT. I think it's me and Caruso so far, what I've seen. <laughs> and he's great on both counts. So. Definitely got a got a ride with King James, and I just really appreciate the support. He's a great dude, and definitely went and saw Space Jam too, and loved the movie. Great performance <laughs> by LeBron there. Yeah, there we go, Oscar Oscar worthy. <laughs> we're we're in the presence of a superstar, Joe. Thank you, Josiah. I can't believe you're on here. LeBron's calling you the goat. Uh, <laughs> so this is a betting show, as you know. I'm curious, like you said, you don't get too into numbers. You don't try to act like the GM and all that. So, A, do you bet on games? And if you do, how do you approach them? If not, kind of what's your approach to breakdowns? Well, I watch your guys' show a lot, and I'm, I'm really, you know, if I do bet, I'm going to roll with win bet. Uh, great hotel, love staying at the Encore, love the buffet, love everything. You My God, friend of the that. show, he's getting the invite <laughs> back. He's, he's got those we're rewards love, points know, on his way. Comp stay for this guy. Let me get the nice Encore suite next time I'm out there. Just, a, you know, great hotel, great team that you guys have there. Uh, but I'm starting to get more into betting. I think the thing with anything I do in life, I want to be very prepared because I don't want to go out there and uh, just, just, you know, fail. But... Betting for me, I understand. I've done it a few times, and I understand why fans get so into it. It's the closest thing I can say to actually playing in the game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, as a fan, when you're betting, you have more of an interest in the actual players in the game because there's a financial implication with that. You know, you don't mm -hmm. want to lose no break. And you're watching the games intently to make sure that things the things happen, you're trying to hit all your bets. So 
I'm gonna get into it. I, I've got enough bread stored up now where I can, I'm, you know, I'm happy and comfortable to be able to lose money. That's the most important thing. You know, if you're gonna bet, you can't be afraid to lose what you're putting up. So I'm gonna get into it and definitely will be betting on the Lakers, obviously, multiple times this season. All right, Josiah, I've got a, a trio of hot takes for you. I want you to buy them or sell them. Uh, starting with the Heat or a contender in the East once again following the Kyle Lowry trade. I will buy that just for the standpoint that the Heat's are the East is always really wonky, and you just never know what's going to happen. Obviously, with Kyrie and his situation with the Nets, uh, you know the Bucks are looking re- really, really good, and I think that's the team, even though they won the championship last year, that we're all sleeping on a little bit. But Giannis, if that jumper is really, really real, uh, people are not be worried about that. But you got to give this Heat squad some love. I think they've got a really strong, fortified team, and you never really want to root against Jimmy Butler, especially getting a guy like Kyle Lowry back there to help run the floor. Okay, number two, the Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan experiment will work in Chicago to the extent that the Bulls will make the postseason uh, without having to play in the play-in tournament. I'll buy that for sure. I mean, I love what this squad has assembled. I think another guy you want to add to that mix is Lonzo Ball. I'm yeah, absolutely. Lonzo has gotten kind of a, a negative reputation his first few years in the league, but he's just a, a solid player. He appears to really improve his jump shot, got rid of – he used to do the, the janky, hickey thing, but now it's, it's a little bit more <laughs> Smooth. more beautiful. And anytime you add a guy like Caruso to your squad, which Caruso's uh, impact's not really going to be seen on the stat sheet on some nights, but he's just a game-changer in his ability to rally the troops. And, again, a man that LeBron James ordained as the GOAT. He wears number six like LeBron, so never bet against the sixes in the NBA. Uh, we all know that white man can't jump, so I really respect any white dude that can fly, and that dude has got boosties. Uh, last one for me, Josiah. Uh, this has nothing to do with me being a Seattle native, um, but just kind of a random curiosity that all of us have been talking about, really everybody Everyone, here. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder will not win an NBA title until there is another team in the Sonics return to the city of Seattle. Well, my dad used to work for the Sonics back in the day with Kevin Calabro, so I got to yes! kind of love and respect. Yes, KC, my first ever internship was on the Kevin Calabro show. I love K- KC. KC is my guy. Legend. Oh, my we gosh. We used to literally go, go to the snow, go toboggan and all types of stuff with his family. So we'll never a root for the Thunder. Yes. You know, rooted for them as an extension of, of players that came from the Sonics. I think they offered my dad a job to leave Seattle to go to OKC. He was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to disrespect Seattle like that so no we're not rolling with the thunder in any circumstances bring the sonics back you yes. are joe's bring back the suit baby <laughs> you are joe's new favorite person that is incredible Hands i down. knew i was a fan of yours but my Seattle's goodness a great city. are you kidding me like well you know the kingdom back yeah. in the day i was there for the national championship in 95 when ucla one of my brother was on the team was there for the sonics days remember going to that arena and just how nice everybody was it was such a complete mm-hmm. difference from going to the forum or going i to showed up to monday's show with a sonics hat and a gary payton shirt and did. we were wrapping the soups all season long here i love that was amazing Man, gp Oh, yeah. McMillan, you, you know, you know, whenever I used to go out to Seattle, turn up my dad, it was always a great time. So shout out to Seattle and the Suns. Josiah, I want to get to some storyline stuff. But before I do, you just mentioned your brother. You mentioned your dad. So basketball runs in the blood, it sounds like. Uh, we have balling in our bloodline. If your last name is Johnson and you live in Los Angeles, you are a hooper to some extent. <laughs> Uh, all my brothers played in college. I've got a brother now who's currently he was at Sam Houston State. He just transferred to Westmont. So excited for that. My nephew uh, played at Oregon, won three Pac-12 championships. Now he's at Humboldt State for his last year to get some buckets. But we are, you know, and then uh, my little my little sister Shiloh is is next in line. So she's gonna really carry the family legacy. You will see her in the WNBA in the very near future. So that's that's what we do out here. We get buckets. That is 
Awesome. Wow. Yeah, and I can't wait to see her. I, I 100% believe you. Uh, Joe just mentioned some storylines, I guess, some, some predictions. But I want to know from you, what would you say right now is the most overhyped storyline? And what's one storyline we're not talking enough about? I think the most overhyped storyline right now is uh, Russell Westbrook and, you know, people saying that he won't be able to fit in with this Lakers squad and yeah. make it work. I think, you know, you know, I was at the Lakers Warriors uh, season opening game. LeBron is 0-4 in regular season uh, debuts with the Lakers, you know, their first game. So mm-hmm. nothing to, to get up in arms about. Uh, Westbrook struggled a little bit in the game. I think Westbrook was trending, which it wasn't coming from Lakers fans. Look, you know, the game is 82. The season's 82 games long, so there's going to be ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a little bit of time for this team to gel. Obviously, they're all on the older side, so we're going to need it to happen much quicker. But Russ is going to really uh, impress uh, Lakers fans, and I think we're going to get excited about it. And the thing we're overhyping, or what was what was the follow-up question? Uh, so, yeah, so basically, like, overhyped, and what's one that's underhyped? Yeah, one we're not, one talking we're not talking about. about yeah. Uh, we need to talk about LaMelo Ball. Uh, the man is honestly a legend. I think LeVar took a ton of heat and a ton of criticism for some of his moves, uh, taking LaMelo and Joe out to Lithuania creating the JBA, the Junior Basketball Association, for LaMelo to really get his ball on, which I got to see him play. I was at the championship game, and he was going up against grown men who had mm-hmm. something to prove, and LaMelo was holding his own. So a lot of us who have been on the LaMelo bandwagon since he was 13, 14 years old, we remember those old Facebook Live videos with Lonzo rolling around the crib in Chino Hills <laughs> yeah. and just how much bravado and how much, you know, how cocky and arrogant LaMelo was as a 13, 14-year-old. We knew that was going to translate to what he's doing now. So it's weird to see because a lot of people, uh, shout out to the legend M. Graz on Twitter who pointed out that there's a lot of people out there who are deleting tweets now and trying to pretend like they were always, mm-hmm. you know, LaMelo loyalists. We know you weren't. We, we see you. It's okay to jump on board now. <laughs> uh, support LaVar. Uh, you guys let your anger and hatred for LaVar impact your view of his, his kids. And, you know, when you talk, look at Lonzo, you look at LaMelo, both top three NBA picks, and both will – live up to it. Neither one of them is a bust. And LaMelo, obviously, in his debut game, dropping 31 and just, you know. He went bananas in that comeback win against the Pacers. Yep. I mean, the suit after the game, the suit matching his vehicle. It's like, (laughs) this kid has a level of swag that we haven't seen. He's only 20 years old, just turned 20 in August. Uh, You know, go ahead and crown the guy. I put up a tweet last night that said, you know, LaMelo will be the GOAT before the pandemic ends. And people got mad at me, but it's like, we don't know when the pandemic is going to end. That was more uh, a little bit of both on that side. It wasn't like the pandemic is going to end next week. Right. It could go on for years and years and years. But by the time it does, LaMelo will be in that GOAT discussion. Yeah. From a man who has no swag, no sauce, I appreciate what LaMelo brings to the table as a, as a jealous onlooker. Uh, we, we, two storylines we haven't mentioned, arguably the biggest in the NBA. How do the Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons sagas play out? Look, you got Kyrie out, you know, playing pickup football games, trying to get a Spencer James from All-American on um, right now. And, and Kyrie is a guy to me who seems like he's going to be firm in his beliefs. I don't necessarily agree with him. Uh, I'm not here to bash him. I have a ton of respect for him and the things he does for the community. But just because you respect somebody and the things they do doesn't mean you can't agree with them on certain situations. And I definitely don't agree with him on this. Uh, I think he's putting a lot of people in harm's way that are looking up to him as a role model, even though that's not what he wants. Uh, that's just the reality of what it is. He did an IG Live, and I want to say at points there was over 100,000 people on there watching him uh, deliver his message. And you'd like to see him get vaccinated, just A, for his health and safety, and, and B, to see him back on the basketball court. I think the, that net squad will really benefit from having him out there. But he's going to have to figure that out, and, you know, it's going to be on him. And in the Ben Simmons situation, uh, you just, you know, you've seen it with Harden, you've seen it with Jimmy Butler in recent years. It's like they're playing a game of chicken right now. And, you know, Ben obviously is under contract for the next four years, I believe. So the Sixers feel like they have all the leverage. But at the end of the day, you don't want your franchise to 
you know, you look at how other free, potential free agents are going to look at this situation, and now this place where I want to be, now if I'm unhappy, they're going to try and pull this type of stuff on me. And as others have pointed out, the Sixers kind of shot themselves in the foot by saying that, you know, Ben wasn't a, a championship caliber player and making all these comments during the playoffs and in the, in the offseason. And now you're trying to trade this guy, expecting a filet mignon back, and all you're getting is check roast. That's on you. So I think hopefully Ben gets traded. Hopefully it's not to the Warriors because I think that'll just ruin the NBA. Or hopefully the Sixers amnesty him and he can uh, join the Lakers. Um, you've had a lot of really good predictions so far, but we want to know what's your locks? Who's going to be the champion and who's going to be MVP this year? Uh, Lakers in six. MVP, I'm going to go Giannis again. I think Giannis got some hate after he went back-to-back. They didn't want to give him the three-peat, even though his numbers were very comparable. Obviously, Steph was in that mix as well. I think Steph, too, is playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. I'll be curious to see how that Warriors team looks when, when Clay comes back, with Jordan Poole is stepping up, and guys are really stepping up over there. And this is a squad I think that they're going to, you know, they haven't made the postseason in the past two years. They're really going to be in the running. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in the West. And then my dark horse, I got to go LaMelo Ball. I think what LaMelo is going to do this season is really going to open a lot of eyes. And just the way he plays, you know, at six seven, but just the swag on and off the court. And people are going to try to roast me and be in my mentions talking crazy. They were saying the same thing when we were saying this thing when LaMelo was 13, when LaMelo was 14, when LaMelo was 16, 18. Now he's 20 actually fulfilling the prophecy. So we're ready for it. And I keep receipts, and I'll be ready to slander whoever slanders me. <laughs> he's <it>. ready. <laughs> Always come I'm with ready. receipts. <laughs> Josiah, thank you I so much. Everything, everything. <laughs> Everyone, make sure you go file, go, go follow Josiah on Twitter at KingJosiah54. Thank you so much, sir. We'll hey, see you again stuff, soon. Hey, great stuff, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Josiah's awesome. We got to take some notes from him. Literally he the is. king of Twitter. And it's like, that's a pretty bold nickname to just claim and roll with. But it's legit. But every time he tweets, he knocks it out of the park. He does. He's, I, I mean, I was fascinated to learn more about it, and I, I appreciated him giving kind of the, the secret sauce to how he gets it done. But this no, he's a stud, and, and grateful, grateful to him joining us uh, as the NBA expert here on the show. Yeah. Um, that was a ton of, ton of fun. But I, I think we also have to make our predictions. Yes. Far, you know, maybe less educated, more throwing darts at <laughs> the wall. But we've got opinions. Yeah, I was going to say, he's Do the you expert. you want to start me? I'm going to go. Ladies first. Absolutely. Okay. Pass you the ball. I'm going... KD plus 550, I think there's good value. I talked about this a little bit on Monday with that fun promo we had um, for his points per game average. But, And I talked about this a little bit. He averaged 27 last season. That was after a year away. He was dealing with some injuries. He's overdue for an MVP award. He's only won it once. It was way too long ago. Plus, at 33, he would be the fourth oldest player to win. If he's going to get a second award, it's probably going to happen this year. He's only getting older. Um, again, I mentioned the Nets without Kyrie. There's just more of a chance for Durant to kind of stand out here. Get it at plus money. I assume the odds aren't going to be as good because he's going to come out and he's going to be Kevin Durant and end up being the favorite here. So, Katie, it, plus if, 550. If you're going to take Durant, I think it's a great pick. I think it's worthwhile to sprinkle some on James Harden as well, who's at like plus 2,000 because, again, without mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving, they are the big two. And we don't know if Kyrie Irving is going to come back at all or when he's going to come back. And there's a good chance either one of those guys gets hurt, which puts more of or more pressure on the other one who stays healthy. James Harden, I think, has a chance to average triple-double this season. You saw his assist and rebound numbers um, you know, explode when he got traded to the Nets last year, and they don't have a lot of help. Their bench is terrible. That's why I don't get the, the Nets to win Me the championship either. 
as the favorites Me either. at all because they're relying so heavily on two dudes with a very mm -hmm. limited supporting cast around them. Joe Harris is nice, but you saw him in the playoffs. He went invisible last year. Yeah. They don't have Jarrett and Allen anymore. They don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, there's so much pressure on those two, which makes them great MVP picks, but but right. not my favorite championship picks. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go chalkity chalk chalk. They don't call me Joey Chalk for no reason. I'm taking Luka Doncic, the odds-on favorite. Um, you talk about a guy like Kevin Durant or James Harden, such so ball dominant, so much pressure on them to put up ridiculous numbers on a nightly basis, and guys mm -hmm. who will. Luka Doncic is in the same exact situation, and the Mavs didn't do a whole lot to make that roster better over the offseason. Yeah. They're still running it back with Chris Stapps Porzingis, who Chris Stapps Porzingis, who could get hurt at a moment's notice yeah, in well, any game, yeah. and Tim Hardaway Jr. So it's the Luka show once again. Last year in 34.4 minutes per game, he put up a line of 27.7 points per game, uh, eight rebounds and 8.6 assists. I mentioned that James Harden could average a triple-double. I think that Luka Doncic could as well. They're going to make the playoffs guaranteed. They're going to be in that four to seven seed range because their division's not good. Um, and I think it's just about time. Luka's still just 21. Mm. Or, I mean, or maybe 22. I mean, he's, he's young. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And he's still an ascending player. Um, and I think it's just a matter of time. The only a big offseason acquisition was, Re was Reggie Bullock, who will help stretch the floor, um, but he's not a creator in and of himself. Um, Luka Doncic obviously is. So I'm going to go with the chalk at plus 450 and take Luca. The chalkity chalk chalk actually yep. is what you called it. That is what I called uh, it. <laughs> well, I completely agree with your net stake. And, and I've been saying that. I think depth, especially now with COVID, it's not even just injuries. With COVID in, in the mix, if you don't have depth in the roster, then you're screwed, really. Yep. And so that's why I'm going with the Bucks to run it back if we're talking championship here. Um, it's sort of the opposite case with them because, of course, they have Giannis and they have the big three. But – if Giannis doesn't go off, then Middleton picks it up. And even if Middleton and Giannis are out, they still have good depth in this roster. Uh, guys, guys always step up. They had a depth to the roster in shooting game with Grayson Allen from the Grizzlies. They brought back George Hill. There, when I think about what's the most complete team and, and the team that I would put my money on, it's the Bucks. It's not the Nets. Yeah, so I agree. I don't really understand all the hype either. Again, I'm I'm joining you in taking the Bucks. Neither of us are going out on too big of a limb here, but. They are. They're loaded. And to me, the West is too much of a crapshoot to put money there. I mean, the Lakers, we saw them in game one. They'll get things ironed out. They'll be fine. But the Warriors, especially once Klay Thompson gets back, could be a real factor. Mm -hmm. The Suns, the Nuggets, the Jazz, there's so many teams there that, that have legit shots to me to win the Western Conference. So you could take the Lakers. That would be the chalk pick in the Western Conference. But I don't have enough faith in, in the Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. That, to me, is like a decade and a half ago when they brought in Gary yeah. Payton uh, and Carl Malone to solve all their problems and it didn't work. Yes. And then they, you know, what, 10 years later, they bring in Steve Nash and Dwight Howard to solve all the team's problems. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. So now they're going with the ger geriatric lineup once again um, <laughs> where I can't wait till they play the Rockets where every player on the Rockets is like 13 years old <laughs> yeah. and the Lakers average point. age is like 45. So I'm also going with the Bucks. Uh, I like bringing back George Hill. At full strength, uh, you know, when you get Dante DiVincenzo back, love the addition of Grayson Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale. Um, they have a number of guys who stretch the floor. I'm a big Pat Connaughton fan. Yeah, um, Brooke Lopez has completely transformed his game, and that's not new to this year. We saw it last year. He's one mm -hmm. of the catalysts of that championship team. They're going to miss P.J. Tucker on the defensive side of the floor, but I think there's enough there on that end 
to be just fine. We saw them, and, and this is these are picks that we had made ready to go on Monday. Show just got too long, so we pushed it to Thursday. But then you see them smoke the nets, and it's just affirmation that this is this team's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I think the Eastern Conference is just much more thin um, than it is in the West. And I think there's such a high ceiling too for all those players you just mentioned. And I didn't mention the odds, but you can get the Bucks at plus 800 right now on win bet. We mentioned the Nets are at plus 250 as the favorite, and the Lakers in at plus 400. Basketball's back, baby. But I said I don't like the football slate, and I really don't. Uh, but we do have to talk <laughs> football. We got six teams on bye week. Buffalo, Dallas, Chargers, Steelers. Week so seven. Week seven, the, the good teams that I've been wanting to watch, we don't get. Um, but this game, we've been talking about the Cardinals. We've been talking about the Cardinals getting respect. Do we think them laying 18 points is enough respect against the Texans here? I don't know if that's respect for the Cardinals or just an acknowledgement of just how bad the yeah. Texans are. I mean, they're a yeah. total dumpster fire. Yeah. And also, we, we had... Grant Tucker in here. I mean, Arizona has just been taking the win bet book to the cleaners. Shout out to all of our Arizona betters who uh, who use the app uh, since we opened uh, in in that state. Um, but this is a really good team, and they've got three dominant road wins against the Titans, Rams, and Browns. And now they come home to face the Texans, who, yeah, it's 18 too many. I don't know if I want to sweat that out if the Texans decide to show up and score a couple touchdowns. They're not going to win. No. But – when your only good player is Brandon Cooks, who's got 40 catches, 481 yards, and a touchdown, I feel bad for that guy who's on an island. But they just don't do anything well. They're 25th in scoring defense, 35th or 31st in scoring offense. Um, and then if you take out the Patriots game, over the last month in those other three games, they've scored 12 combined points. If you include the Patriots game, they've only scored 34 points over the last four games, eight and a half per game. 18 is more than doable for the Cardinals. And if you were to tease it to 24, I don't know how good you can feel about that because they didn't do that against the Colts last week and they wouldn't have covered that against the Bills. So uh, I would lean just to take the Cardinals if you're desperate to play this game um, and then even maybe, maybe tease it down to 12, but this should be a runaway. So with that Patriots game, though, they kept it to a three-point game. Is that just an outlier for you? You're just I'm happy really to call it an outlier. That? And I also don't think the Patriots are that good. I mean, yeah. Davis Mills I, was no, it's incredible, yeah, yeah. but you just look at the rest of the body of, of work and what's happening there? They just released Whitney Merciless, like unceremoniously, just like, hey, we're going to cut you in the middle of the season, even though you have yeah. three sacks on the year. You've been here for a decade. You've been a, a face of this franchise for a decade. Mm -hmm. See ya. Yeah. This team is a mess. This organization's a mess. And DeAndre Hopkins' revenge game. People forget yeah. they just gave the Cardinals DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Is it like I don't know? I, revenge games for me, I feel like I have yet to see. Oh, I a love revenge. a revenge game. I love narrative. it too, but I'm just like, does it really make that much of oh, a difference? Oh, it's a thing. You say, okay. I, I love the revenge for game me, narrative. Kind of like the revenge game narrative and the squeaky wheel narrative. The guy who says I'm not getting enough, or the coach says we got to get this guy more involved, like Robert Woods against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night. I was all over those props because like this guy's gonna explode, see. and he did. Yeah. He had like 180 million yards against the Seahawks in the first quarter. Okay. I mean, you're fired up, clearly, about these storylines. I am fired up <laughs> it, as, like, I, I just it's hard to fathom how the Texans gave away DeAndre Hopkins for three. For David Johnson yeah. and a second-round pick. Yeah, no, it makes absolutely zero sense. However, for this game in particular, 18 points is a lot for any team. Are you taking I'm not going to touch it, but I'm going to say, like, it does make sense if you if you want to take 18. And maybe I'm thinking too much about the Patriots game, which you are seeing as an outlier. 
Uh, I'm staying away. Like I said, I don't like this slate, but 18 points is a lot. Happy to see them finally getting the respect they deserve. Chiefs are the five and a half point favorites. Um, I lied. It went from five and a half to five. They're playing the Titans. The total's at 57. Titans heading into this one on short rest. Both teams are pretty banged up. Seven Titans players mispracticed on Wednesday, including A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, which obviously is huge. This is a big Poor game because— Poor dude trying to play a football game through bubble guts. That's just <laughs> tough. That poor guy. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, this is a big game because if there's any doubters, really, for the Titans right now, this should speak volumes. Um, but it's understandable why there are doubters. They beat the Seahawks and Colts. Then they lost to the Jets. Then they beat the Bills. Again, I'm assuming you say the Jets game is just sort of an outlier here. Yeah, given how many people they were missing in that game. Yeah. Okay. You beat the Bills, you, people have to take notice. It is interesting. Legit. The line opened at three and a half and has moved up to five and a half and is now back down to five, where it'll probably settle at least until Sunday. But it's amazing. We talk about recency bias, and whatever mm -hmm. the opposite of that is, is what people continue to go to the books and bet on the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not really any reason to bet on the Chiefs. I want to know. It's not out yet, at least on win bet. I want to know what Derrick Henry's rushing prop is going to be. I know. Over his last five games, 182, 113, 157 yards, 130, and a buck 43. Five games in a row over 100 yards since week one when he was under 100 mm -hmm. in that game against Arizona when they got whooped. The Chiefs rushing defense, 32nd ranked, according to Pro Football Focus, 30th in terms of yards per attempt allowed. Derrick Henry's already got 10 rushing touchdowns. He's in the conversation for MVP, which is insanity mm -hmm. for a running back. And he, will, he won't win it because it's a quarterback award as it should be. We could talk about that later if we mm. want. But what's more impressive to me about Derrick Henry is the production's obscene. And last year he had 2,088 yards, uh, or he's on pace this year, over a 16-game season, 2,088 yards. That's more than the 2027 he put up in 2020. But it's a 17-game season this year, which yeah. means his pace is 22-19. It's absurd what he's doing. It's, it's absolutely absurd. And I think, so you know. So, Eileen Titans, give me the points. I mean, the Chiefs were giving up the most points in the league until last Sunday, too. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck here again. I don't really want to take it, but I agree with you. I haven't seen enough from the Chiefs to really think that like this, this is a guarantee. Give I, me the Titans feeling good about it, and then let me tease it over 10 and feel incredible about it. Okay. All right. Yeah. And the thing, too, with you know the Titans' defense is not great overall, but they've done really well at limiting the tight end position. They've allowed the second fewest receptions and yards to opposing tight ends this year. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, we know, loves Travis. Do Kelsey. you think Derrick Henry should be in the MVP conversation? A hundred percent. I think, and, and that's why, like, the MVP conversation is frustrating because we say, oh, it's, you know, it's a quarterback award, but is it? Or is it the most valuable player? Because But the most it, valuable position in sports is quarterback. It is, and that's why I'm saying it's, like, it is, but – is Derek Hen if Derrick Henry wasn't on that team, would they be what they are? No, right now? he is valuable. Is he the most valuable player in the league? That's what, I have a hard time with it too because well, Derrick Henry is doing absolutely everything humanly possible to right. be an MVP. But I firmly believe that quarterback is the most valuable position in all of sports. So the the best player at the most valuable position of all of sports is inherently the most valuable. So that's what I think. 
He deserves to be in the conversation. We're talking Heisman. Invite him to the Heisman Award show. Make him a yeah. finalist. I just don't – look at the Seahawks. This, is, this would be a question I'd pose to you as a devil's advocate. And I, I understand the frustration because there's nothing he can do to win it. Now, I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying that's the way it should be as defined by most valuable. The Seahawks are without Russell Wilson. Who would make that team better? Kyler Murray or Derrick Henry? Right. Yeah. I know. That, that's a good point. I guess I'm thinking of it more as, and this is the other thing, too, is like how, do, how are the people who are voting thinking about it? He's the most valuable player to this team or he's the most valuable player in the league? You see what I'm saying? Like, I get what you're saying. I view it as most valuable player. I mean, I agree. He's not going to win, but that sucks. Ima- imagine right having the numbers he does. And he's given the Offensive Player of the Year award now, certainly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's it also true. doesn't Which help him that you have guys like Dak, Lamar, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, yeah. all guys going bananas who are yeah. more than deserving of the MVP award as well. Yeah. Well, Lamar Jackson is up there in that conversation. Yeah. I'm curious to see what you think about him. Um, definitely the most valuable player to that team, and he is the quarterback, of course. Certainly. Uh, they're laying six against the Bengals. Total 46 and a half. You and I have talked about how legit this Bengals team is. Uh, they're four and two, one three, their last four, the one loss being an overtime loss to the Packers, which they could have won. Their O-line is improving. Their defense is improving. Joe has Jamar. They're looking good. But so are the Ravens, right? <laughs> they have five straight You're wins. You're talking about me for a second. They I have just, Jamar? It, <laughs> you have Jamar. Joe. Cooler uh, Joe. <laughs> the Ravens just embarrassed the Chargers. Their run game, as we know, is one of the best in the league. You like the Bengals here. I think I like the Bengals here, too. Um, and it's words in my mouth? Are you telling me? <laughs> well, you did tell me. Uh, you did tell me this before. So you're, you're scooping me. You're, I, like, you're telling everyone Joe, before Joe I told can me say it. it. <laughs> I just wanted to steal the thunder. Oh. <laughs> so you're taking the Bengals with the points. I'm sorry. Why are I am you, why the are you taking I'm gonna the Bengals? I'm going to get to the reasons. I'm going to I'm like, get to the reasons why I like the Bengals mm-hmm. when we get to our winning picks. Okay. A tease. That's what they call in the biz a tease. But this is a monster game for the Bengals. They haven't finished better than third in the NFC North since two, uh, since 2015. And a win in this game against the Ravens would put them atop the division by themselves. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are a very good football team. Yes. But they are not a perfect football team. They looked like it against the Chargers last week. But I think this is an important game to underreact to. Because if you just look at that game, the way they smoked the Chargers, mm-hmm. you'd write in the Ravens into the Super Bowl right now. Right. I'm not ready to do that. Remembering two weeks ago... Carson Wentz carved up this defense for 400 yards. Yes. And the defense followed Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. before a heroic comeback over the final 15 minutes of that game. So I do like the Bengals here, and I'll save more of the reason why for a winning pick. Yeah, and, and I want to say I, I'm leaning with you, and I'll let you get into it later, but the Ravens are giving up the third most pass yards in the AFC. The Bengals can definitely take advantage of that. And this is going to be a major flip of the script because the Bengals have been outscored 65 to 6 when facing the Ravens last year. So that's a pretty staggering number. Yeah. Again, I, I want to hear all of your reasons and I won't steal any more of your thunder there. I don't know if I believe you given how this podcast is going. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Are we having fun? I'm having a blast. Yeah. But I wasn't having a blast last night watching my Red Sox. I thought it was like, yeah, being cute and fun let's throw in a boston parlay because all my teams are playing it's so cute and fun so cute and fun it's all Obviously, cute and fun it, until it's not it cute and fun did not hit and that got not cute and fun <laughs> real, real quick. quick real quick 
way. Yeah. 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 It did. It indeed did. Uh, the Red Sox lost pretty poorly to the Astros. Um, and we could get into this, but bottom line is they have to win tonight. Right now you can get Friday the Mets plus Friday night. Sorry. Yeah. Not tonight. Tomorrow. I have a day to grieve. Uh, plus 325 for the series. You can get the Red Sox at right now. Can they win two in a row on the road? It's amazing how one missed strike call in game four completely flips that series on its head. A thousand percent. Astros have this incredible two-out rally. Also, a remarkable hit on the over. It was over 10. Oh, my God, yeah. Sprints to 11, all with Ugh. two outs. I'm sitting, I'm in Memphis at the hotel bar sitting next to um, our PR guy, Seth Medvin, and he had the under, and it's 2-2 with two oh. outs. And I, he's, I got the under in this game. I was like, yeah, you're fine, dude. It's not going to, even in extras, it's not going to get over 10. Mm-mm. Never be too couple, sure. A couple minutes later, it ain't under till it's over. Man. Yes, that call was absolutely BS. That but series is done. Stick a fork in the Red Sox. Uh, oh, excuse me. We have Nate Eovaldi on the bump. Eovaldi sir. is sick. That guy's like a, po- he is a postseason monster. Oh, for sure. He's a beast, but uh, knock on wood. Uh, right. Braves plus 132 is my winning pick tonight. Game five, just want to quickly go over the series price. You can get the Dodgers at plus 350. Did we think that was going to happen? I didn't. I'm confused why the Braves are dogs here. I'm not going to complain because I'm getting them at plus money. It's a bullpen game for the Dodgers. The Braves are going with their second best pitcher in Max Freed, who's a beast, posted a 155 ERA in his last 14 starts which is not great for the Dodgers, who could only get four hits when Atlanta was pitching a bullpen game yesterday. I get that it's an elimination game, and that's technically why the Braves are dogs here, but you're getting the hotter team with the better pitcher at plus money. Book it. Yeah, Justin Turner's out now, too. The injuries are racking up for the Dodgers. Max Fried has been absolutely nails for this team. In the playoffs, 12 innings pitched, two earned runs. 14 combined strikeouts in game one. He, he pitched six uh, and with just two earned against these Dodgers. Here's my, my favorite stat. Jeff Passan of ESPN tweeted this out. Oh, love uh, around the July 30 deadline, Atlanta traded for four outfielders, Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge, Jorge Soler. In 101 plate appearances this postseason, they're hitting a combined 341 with six homers and 21 RBIs mm. in eight games. Now Atlanta's up 3-1 in the NLCS. They've been incredible. Jocktober. Eddie Rosario hit two bombs on Wednesday night. Um, this is a really fun team, even without the top-end pitching outside of, of Max Freed. Um, but I love that, that pick. Uh, I teased it before. I'm going to circle back to this Bengals-Ravens game, and I'm not just going to take the plus six because when you're down, and I'm down right now, I'm, I've been in a bad way in these <laughs> winning picks lately. The Lakers blew it uh, against the Warriors on, on Monday night. Yeah, it was no Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you do when you're down? You make like Jamar and Chase, baby. Ooh. And I'm chasing. Wow. Bengals money line at Baltimore plus 225. Here's why. The Bengals rank in the top 10 in yards per pass attempt, yards per pass attempt allowed, and yards per rush attempt allowed. The only area where this team on those types, whether it's running game, passing game, where they on paper – uh, aren't great is their rushing offense, mm-hmm. 21st in yards per attempt. However, you believe in pro football focus, which I am a believer, uh, big PFF guy. They rank the Bengals running game sixth, and Joe Mixon is coming off a game where he carried the ball 18 times for 94 yards against the Lions. We saw the Ravens run wild against the Chargers. Yep. 
that has a lot to do with positive game script and Justin Herbert and the Chargers only putting up six points and being abysmal on third and fourth down. Mm-hmm. I think one defensively, it's a much better matchup for the Ravens against this or for the Bengals against this Ravens offense. And two, I'm just not a believer that that defense is here to stay from what we saw from the Ravens. Again, I remember that game against the Colts and Carson Wentz a couple of weeks ago. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, Joe uh, Mixon, all of those guys have been putting up big numbers. Joe Burrow has multiple touchdown passes in every game he's played this season. Mm. Uh, and so I like the Bengals to pull off the upset and take over the top spot in the NFC, AFC North. Pardon me. I like it. Plus 225. I like it. We chasing, baby. We chasing. You're going to bounce back. I believe in you, Joe. I appreciate that. Let, let's end the show on you. a good note. Are we friends now? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll have better luck on Monday. Hopefully your bet hits and then you're in a good mood and the Red Sox win tomorrow and everything. For the record, I've been in a great mood beautiful. since the jump. It wasn't me who <laughs> poo-pooed your fun plans and things you were doing. Sorry, buddy. You're so Central my Barbecue friend. in Memphis. Invite me back. I loved it. It was sensational. He's a hater. Never allowed. <laughs> See you guys Monday. Yeah.